with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Day night. Thank you all for tuning in today. I have the young Jedi, Daniel Sun, in studio. Daniel Sun. <laughs> Daniel, and obviously Sean McKeon. I know a lot of you guys like hearing him, so I can't get rid of him. I tried. And I'm young, too. And <laughs> we're, we, we hang out with young people to really? make us look young. Yeah. How old are you? 20. 20? So oh. I'm 23. Well, he could be my son, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of you guys don't know Daniel, um, or maybe you do from social media. He travels with me everywhere I go. He's uh, a stunt double. Have you been on the, you've been on the radio there, before, I've right? seen the hair. Yeah, for the Florida trip. You've been on the Oh, yeah, that's right. We did a show talking about Florida. Covered Florida, yeah, with Jairus. That's right. That's right. So we've been traveling, man. Where, where have we been so far together? We've been, well, the first one was back in San Jose. Mm-hmm. That's where we did a bunch of. That was when you were brand new. That was like the first one. And the yeah. whole tour got canceled. The whole thing. That's where it was just, well, it was like the <laughs> rehab centers mm-hmm. and just anywhere we could go. You're just calling up people like, yo, we're here. We're in town. Like, can we come speak? That's, that one pretty much was made up as we were going through the trip. Yep. So doors were just opening. Basically, we had like five. I think we had like five schools in five days in in uh, where was it San, Ho- San, San Jose San Jose in in a very low income neighborhood. A lot of gang violence, mm-hmm. killings, the whole thing. And as we were driving up in the van, one school started canceling at a time. Mm-hmm. So by the time we got there, all five schools were canceled. So I was just like, hey, you know what, Daniel? I'm like, this is your first time here. Let's just see what God wants to do. Since we got these schools canceled, let's see what God wants to do. And then next thing you know, we just uh, we started making a couple phone calls, praying, and then God just started opening doors. And we ended up doing, I think we had like eight events set up as we went up there. And then we ended up doing like 15 or 18 events. Wow. The two yeah. are like double, tripled. Yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> and, like several a day. And, and everywhere we went, everyone got saved. Pretty much, yep. Amazing. That's how it went down. So that's that's one of those stories of being just led by the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to do this show to talk about Mexico because we've been to Mexico. This is our third time. Have you been there all three times? I went twice. Twice. I went this in February and then this time. Yeah, I can't remember what the first trip was like. But we, uh, oh, we went with me and you weren't there. That's right. So let's talk about Mexico. We we uh so we got invited to go back to Mexico. And just for you guys that haven't heard the first show, Mexico is a government that is um ba- founded on a it's a fa- it's founded on an atheist government. So that means you can't talk about God in high schools or schools. And God's just been opening the doors through a church that invited us down there. They were praying and fasting that God would open the doors. And next thing you know, we just got favored with the government. We went down the first time, and we just seen thousands of kids give their life to the Lord on our first trip. Um, Mayors were giving their life to the Lord, government officials, teachers, cops. So then we got invited to go back, which was our second trip. And we did, I think we did nine schools in three days. Last time we went, same thing happened. Teachers, government officials, mayors were getting saved. Then we went back again, and this time we went back. I was a little nervous. I I think I told you, Sean. I was like, okay, we have 23 events in eight days. 18 of them were schools, and I was like, every time I go to Mexico, my voice goes out, Mm. and I had to go get shots 
I actually got a shot in my butt last time. Remember that? I posted <laughs> yeah. it on. Yeah. People are like, you're getting shots in Mexico? I'm like, my voice is gone, and we had to do like 10 schools. <laughs> I got a shot in my butt, and they gave me some pills. They said, see, take these and eat manudo, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and my voice barely survived. It worked. Wow. It was like a steroid or something. But anyway, we went back, and we had 18 schools and then another X amount of events in eight days. And I was really scared to, to do this because it's not like doing schools when we're in, when, when we're in America. Because when we do schools in America – you have, you're doing it at lunch. So six minutes, kids are coming in. You give a 12-minute message of the gospel, and then you tell people to come forward. You pray with them. And then it's over. So you only speak in 12 minutes. In Mexico, with an interpreter, it's an hour. Wow. Yeah. It's after school? No. It's, this is mandatory it's lunch assembly. assembly. Oh. I think like with me telling my testimony – and given the gospel, and then with the response calling people forward, I think it's an hour. Wow. The whole thing before, the after. Time, no, no, that's just speaking. Just speaking. Because the hour. translation. Yeah. It doubles. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and obviously, I could break down. I have more time to actually break down the gospel a little bit more mm-hmm. in certain highlights and stories. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's an hour speaking. So you're talking, that's 18 hours. That's three hours a day because we're doing three a day. Yeah. In, in Mexico. That's just in the schools. So it's a whole different vibe. Plus, we give out the product and, you know, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we went on this trip, and I want to hear some stories. Tell the listeners on kind of what you're – from your experience of a 20-year-old punk. Well, this, dude, this was um, – <laughs> this second time was crazy because the first time was wild, but it started off slow with the conference, and then we did, like, three schools a day. But that was only three days long. So even that was crazy, and that was when we let Jairus come in, and he did his whole. So this was the last tour. trip. This yeah, was the, that was the last trip. Yeah. Yeah. So that was crazy, but then coming in this time, knowing that we had twenty three, twenty something schools. What was your thoughts on that? I was, I was honestly worried for your voice also, but also like how we were gonna just go through it and not like get lost in the whole thing because it's like it's it's wild every day. So explain. Let's just explain like a a day in the life of of tour. Of tour. Like when we, okay, so we, we landed, we got to the hotel late at night. Remember when we landed? Yeah. We, yeah. I was like, they're like, tomorrow morning, we get, you got to be in the lobby at six. I was like, we just got a plane. It's 12 o'clock at night. See, when I don't, when I don't sleep, if I don't get sleep, <laughs> my voice goes out. Yeah. I, I need like at least, you know, I need to have like a minimal hour of sleep or else yeah. my, I lose my voice. That's, that's one of the, the downfalls. Yeah. So, so tell, tell, tell them the, the day in the life. They pretty much, they loaded him up with some tea the next day. But we get up early, right? I'm getting all the products ready that we need for that day. We're getting in the lobby. Jess just picking us up. We're driving probably like an hour. Some of the days at are like le- an hour. No, because no, we had to leave at six. So it was at least a couple hours out yeah. of Cuernavaca. Yeah, just driving. But on the way there, we're like, we know what we got to do. We're getting ready. Jess is taking us there. But dude, when we show up, it's like, it just kicks into like full full turbo. We just get there. I'm putting all the products out to, to throw out to the kids. And then you guys are getting ready in the back. The gov- we're just kind of waiting on the government. They didn't take long this time. No. But they were there. So then we get it started. You have to wait for like the mayor to show up and then like mm-hmm. the other four government officials. Yeah, they do. Because the- these are conferences. These are mandatory wow. conferences. So they get up on the stage and they're like, hey, we're doing this conference. It's about drugs. You know, mm-hmm. it's about, it's, you know, basically a drug conference. Yeah, but we, we lighten the mood and have them like, 
do like some kind of dance contest. We see who can floss the best, who can throw that. their own dance moves up there. Dude, they yeah. were wait, from, from the outside. What did you see? I saw all the Fortnite dances and yeah. everything. Right, all the kids are doing over wait, there. Fortnite doing, dance. Fortnite dance. That's what all that They're is. From right? Fortnite. It's yeah. not Fortnite. It's like a. It's like a video game. And so the floss is from Fortnite. Yeah, all that stuff is. Yeah, that one. They, my they my kids it, they were do doing multiple the of those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they don't even play. They don't even play the game. They they never play the game. But because all the kids at school they do it, it yeah. I'm like, what was that? What was that move? That's and cool. then you see it over there. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, they all see it. That's a language. Yeah. It's a language. Exactly. Every, the athletes do it nowadays. Everything. So so, yeah. so we're hey, so so we're there. This is this is, was a good icebreaker because you know the whole thing is people at the church is like, well, we need to connect with the kids and this and you know that. And I'm like, well, let's have a good time then. So we before because this is a conference, okay? So all the conferences that they normally have at schools are it's exactly a conference. Some guy gets up and gives a boring message, you know, hey people, don't do drugs, drugs are bad, you know, just like no connection with the kids. Dude, we get there, we're like, let's get this party started. Who can floss? Put some and then we put some heart, like we put some like, you know, some dance baseline yeah. on. Yeah. And dude, the kids start running to the stage. And they yeah. lose their – it's all on my social media. You can go look at it. They <laughs> lose their minds. So everyone's already having a good time before this thing even starts. Yeah, even right when we pull up, that's the first thing we do. We blast the electronic music. So they're like, what is this? Like, what's going on? They feel it. They feel the bass, like, pumping through them and stuff. And then we give them the dance moves. And that's when they're, like, pointing their friends out. They're like, oh, they can dance. They can dance. Or they oh, yeah, run up themselves. At first, they're, like, scared to get up. You yeah. know? And then we're like, dude, we're not starting until you guys get up here. I'm like, everyone point your friend out who can dance. You know? <laughs> yeah. Put them on blast, so then they start going up. But then by the time everyone comes up, there's like 10, 12 people like on the stage, and everyone's just doing the dance. Everyone's laughing, having a good time. The music's just bumping, and so like everyone's just having a good time. That's how we open it up for them. I want I want to add something because I want to give you guys the whole perspective. See, you know we we did a show on on messy ministry before. Now, when you're outside of the church, you don't you don't have the church rules when you do ministry. When you're in the Jesus messy ministry, when I say messy, it's because you don't know what's going to happen. You're hanging out with drug addicts. You're hanging out with gay people. You're hanging out with religious people. You're hanging out with atheists. You're hanging out with Buddhists. You're hanging out with who? everyone that's not a believer. So anything can happen when you're not in the church. So when we invite people to come up to dance, well, you know who likes to dance? Gay guys. Gay guys love to dance. So we get, the stage gets crowded with, we have straight guys, we got gay guys, we got gay girls, we got them all on stage. And they're all doing their dance, and we're doing the floss dance. And if you guys seen it, I don't, there's like, like you said, the athletes do it. It's like yeah, where they, yeah. they do some like thing with their hands, yeah, and it's just a floss. Yeah. It's actually probably the most ridiculous, funniest dance I've ever seen. In my life. I can't believe you even do it. That's why they lose their minds over it. They That's why they like, lose they it. It's it. So it's just so yeah. like funny looking. <laughs> so everyone's dancing, but then sometimes, next you know, like a, a guy rips off his shirt and throw, and he starts like <laughs> swinging around, with it, swing it, throwing it into the crowd, throws it to the crowd, and yeah. and dude, it's just it gets funny. I, I almost got a bottle of water and like threw it on the guy. I'm like, oh, yo, cool, try kilo, man, try kilo. <laughs> And anyway, cool you know, it, it didn't get too out of hand, but it was just, uh, it was funny. But then I found myself in a situation where I go, my religious, my religious card came out. And I'm like, oh man, I got to like shut this down. I got to like tell this guy, put a shirt back on. Like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. But then I'm like, no, you know what, dude? I'm going to love this guy. 
there's gay guys dancing. I'm like, I'm going to just love these guys because love covers a multitude of sins. And is this, this isn't a school event. This isn't, we're in their living room. You know what I mean? We're at their house right now. So I can go act religious and act all uptight or I could just love these people. And basically I gave them all a high five, hugged them all. They had a great time. There was nothing like obviously crazy, crazy. They weren't in a school setting, obviously in the government and mayor and everyone's there. But you know what's so funny? After every event, every, every gay guy that came up on that stage and danced and lesbian and, and pretty much everyone that – I would say every day when they came up on the, the, the stage and danced, they all gave their life to the Lord. That's amazing. All the all, – like, dude, we reached all a high them. group of homosexuals. Uh, they, they, we loved them because Jesus loves the gay community. Jesus loves the drug addicts. Jesus loves people that are sinners. And that was his whole ministry is to love people. And we loved them to death. Just like Jesus loved them to death on the cross, we gave the message. We threw out product. They lost their minds. Dude, we had a riot. There was yeah. actually a riot where I don't even think that the, the, the school district even thought about this, but they gave everyone water bottles like this because uh-huh. it was hot. And we go, it was one of our last schools. It was a middle school. Mm-hmm. And we go, listen, we've been to all these schools. They got dancers. They're going crazy. You guys better show us what you got because the rest, rest of Mexico has been losing their minds. Well, dude, we go ready. We put the music on. Lose your minds. Go crazy. Be loud. And the louder you are, we're going to throw a product to you. That's kind of the rules, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. These kids opened the bottles and started shaking the <laughs> bottles. It looked like a water park. It's on my social <laughs> media. You can see it. Soaked. Dude, it literally broke out. Dude, they're throwing water on the teachers and the government officials and the mayors and everyone going yeah. crazy. <laughs> what, did the, what did the mayor and the government officials do? They all pulled their cameras out, smiling, started filming the place, losing yeah, their dude, minds. That place went crazy. That it, was definitely that the was the la- That was the last stop right there. It was one it's of like, the last stops, yeah. the last day. Dude, people went crazy to the fact to where uh, we had them. Everyone, dude, everyone was connected. We talking about connecting with the kids. We got them. Jesus wants us to have a good time, you know, and that's, that's what I would really like to even talk about even on this show is that, you know, God, God created us to have a good time. And I think the one thing that's, that's keeping the the church um, disconnected from reaching the youth and even the youth getting connected with the church is that. For some reason, when you become a Christian, people think you have to be uptight. Like, no concerts, no music, can't dress fun, can't dye your hair. You get, you got to cut your hair. Or I don't know what people think, man, but people get caught up in, like, this yeah. dead religion. When God created us to have a good time, God has a sense of humor. And you know why I know God has a sense of humor? Because I want to show you this photo right here. Uh, you guys that are in here. Look at this photo that I found on. Oh, man, where is it? God has a. Well, I know I can't find it now that I want to show it to you. But basically, God has a sense of humor. He wants to have a good time. When you look at David, David danced. Mm-hmm. He had a good time. Um, dude, the Jews now, God's people. You know, they do They do the, um, the what's it called? The, when they turn 15 or 12 years old, they do the um, bar, mitzvah. bar mitzvah. I mean, we're supposed to have a good time. So here we are connecting with, mm-hmm. oh, they call Jesus a glutton and a drunkard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because he was out with the people. 
here we are. We connected with the people, these kids. We go up. We tell them a story of God's grace and his mercy and how God loves them. And he wants to have a relationship with them. We break down the cross, the blood that was shed on the cross, forgives of our sins, the work of the Holy Spirit, and then what God does in your life after you give your life to him. Yeah. And what was the response? What, what did you see? What was your encounter when you see all these things happening at these events with the, with the students? We see them all getting, because they see the products and like, hey guys, this stuff is free for you guys. You just have to make noise. And usually at these conferences, I'm guessing they're all sitting quiet in their chairs and they're just like listening to the message or whatever. But then we come in and tell them they have to make noise if they want this free stuff. They go crazy. They lose their minds. So that's how you say we connect with them. And so we're getting them and they're getting all the free product and stuff like that. But at the end, that's when, like, you break it all down to them, let them know that they're loved and that Jesus loves them. You think they were listening? Yeah. It, it gets, like, you can hear a needle drop. Like, that place gets quiet when you guys start talking. But, Daniel, you were able, obviously, gone into Mexico and gotten a lot of the, the Kill the Noise tours over here. Well, that's a question I want to ask you, like, because you do see some of the photos where you see, like, these kids broken. You, you see, like, you could tell that some of them have been weeping before. Or you hear Ryan... And tell about a story of this particular girl, this particular boy. What are you seeing as, you know, you're doing the setup, you're, you're, you know, a part of the whole event, but the aftermath of, like, the impact. What are you seeing? The impact. There's always, like, a few kids left in the crowd with, like, like their heads are just like, what did I just hear? Or what did I just receive or do? And some of them are kind of wondering. There's other ones that are crying. You see them with tears. The other ones are just, like, excited. They're with their friends. They brought their friends down during the response. They're like, hey, like, Let's go, let's go. So I see, I see the whole thing like from start to finish. There's ones that come in and mess around. There's some that come in and are just super quiet, sit by themselves. But throughout the message, like people start to like they listen. They're like intent. They're reacting to the story. And at the end, there's always a difference in you know different reactions to it. But it's always the same. Like like something just happened. You can tell that something happened yeah. in their lives because they're either crying or they're like just really thinking hard or they're really joyful. So there's always some kind of reaction when this when this thing happens and when they kids are going respond. the students are going through the same thing everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. You know we talked about you know because I, I tell them straight to their face when I'm there. I'm like, look at you guys. We're all sinners. We're all going through the same issues. And they're like, you know, I can only imagine they're like, we're in Mexico. Like, what are you talking about? You're from the United States. And I said, look, you know how I know we're all connected because we all we're all we all dress the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at, you guys look at us. We, we're all in the same fashions. We're all on devices. We're all looking at the same stuff. And I go, I can, I can, I can also prove it. We're all doing the floss dance. <laughs> yeah, Everywhere you, know, you go around. The and their, their eyes are like, oh my gosh, we are connected. Because we're all looking at the same stuff. We're all listening to the same bands. I'm, na- I'm naming the bands that I work with and who, you know, who I toured with and different things. And they all listen to the same bands. We're all connected. So this is why this message is relevant no matter where you go. Yeah. Just like we're going to Columbia next month. It's, it's all, we're all connected. I have some stories on my social media, on my story. It's called Mexico Tour. I have a couple things. Here, here's from students. This is the response from after the message. And then we're going to talk about some live stories. It says, hi, Ryan. I wanted to thank you for your talk today. It, uh, you really inspired me. You gave me the hope to continue and that is not something I will forget. Thank you for everything. I hope to see you again. You gave me the hope to continue. What does this mean? This student is going through something crazy where he feels like he can't continue in life. Maybe he wants to commit suicide or something. I don't know, but it gave him the hope because Jesus brings, we bring the hope message. Here's another one. 
Thank you for the story. We told ourselves today, obviously there's broken English, um, in high school too. You made me think differently than I did. Thank you very much. I am the one who gave you a hug to when you stepped off the stage. I don't know because I hugged a lot of people. <laughs> but these, these are the stories. Here's another one. Hello, Ryan. I want to tell you, thank you uh, are my greatest example. So long ago, I did not feel peace in me. I was captivated and I am very inspired by your story. I even saw it on, I even saw on YouTube. I really like the prayer you gave us in high school. Jesus, um, you have inspired me to go ahead and pursue my dreams. I must be who I really am to get away from everything bad, everything that does not allow me to move forward. I hope and come to visit us again. Really, thank you so much. So obviously this person's caught up in a lot of bad stuff and they're, they're, they're found God and they're pursuing. Here's another story. I had, to, I had it translated. Hi, my name is Andrea. You were at my school today. I really liked the talk, the way that you did prove to me that God is real because when I opened my eyes, I felt full, peaceful, and calm. I needed to feel that. Thank you for helping me with that prayer. So that she's talking about after the altar call, when I brought him forward and I prayed for him to receive the Holy Spirit, I said, when you pray this prayer, you're going to encounter the peace. And if you don't encounter the peace and be filled, then God's not real. Because Jesus says in John 7, whoever's thirsty may come to me and I will send the torrents of living water. I, I hold God to his word, right? Mm-hmm. And he does. So she got filled with the Holy Spirit. Hello, Ryan. I am a student of the school and the truth of the story was inspiring to me. I am... I can't even understand this. Uh, some something participated for two years, and you not only inspired me to continue in this, but also to improve in what I do. And as a person, keep doing what you do. Great example. Here's another one. Here's the last one. Hi Ryan, I wish you the best of your life in prayer and your career success. Thanks for today's talk. It was very in, in, interesting and beautiful. I had never felt so calm and relief in my life after the prayer and more connected to God. I love you. Thank you. These, I want to read these stories because this is the, this is the proof. This is what happens after the prayer of receiving Jesus. That's amazing. And like I said, I think that was one of the, the tours and I've seen a lot of them that you guys have been able to go to, but the impact that you saw visually uh, through the social media was amazing. I heard so much feedback from so many people. Like I said, I, me and your dad were sharing. Is that through all the stories and stuff? Yeah, through all the stories, all the pictures that you had. I had some of your team sending me more photos as well. The the share with the congregation so they can kind of understand the heartbeat of what's taking place over there and the reaction, the stories, the videos, the the excitement with the kids and just knowing that the favor that God was showing you through, like you said, the mayors and these people that um, are in the schools, like to have this, you said in the beginning, right? If you're looking at the this atheism uh, government and you're actually you're getting all this favor, man, God's real. God's moving That's in a powerful it, yeah. way. If you don't believe, yeah. yeah. Right? Um, and so, and then the other aspect is like, dude, wherever you're at in the world, you, you're talking about the connection through the dances or through dress and everything. And the Bible even talks about that as well because we are all created in the image of God and we all have this void in our hearts apart from God. And our hearts can all do deceitfully wicked things, evil things, and there's only one cure. It doesn't matter where you're in Mexico, Europe, you know, United States of America, 
the same solution is true. And everyone is facing the same things that we're all facing, the distractions, the noise, the, um, the perversion, all this stuff that is being infiltrated into our minds and our hearts, they're facing it too. So You know, yes, 100%. And talking about um, God being real, you know, I was on the plane and I received a vision. Um, I didn't get it. I got someone got it from God and sent it to me in a text. Basically, it talked about what we were going to go down there. And it talked about the revival that was going to happen. And it also said because of us giving the message that we're going to give, the cross, God's going to honor it. And he's going to even open up um, more doors. And basically, since we got back, now there's been obviously more doors open. Uh, in different states like we were talking about and uh, ushered in by the government as well. So all signs and wonders always point back to the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and the Word of God is real. It's He is real. And He always speaks to His people and lets them know what's going to happen. Like He opens the doors for them. He'll, he'll, as you reach out and you do these things, God shows you. Every country that I go to, I dude... I get, I'll get like words of knowledge from different people or, or like a, a word of where I'm going to go before I even go. I got word that I was going to go to Colombia. I got booked for Colombia. I got a word that I was going to Australia. I got booked for Australia. I got a word that I was going to be a part of a, a Mexican revival. Here we are in the middle of a Mexican revival. Hmm. You know, God showed me I'm going to Europe. I'm still waiting for that. So, um, oh, and I got a word that I was going to Asia. I got booked for Hong Kong. So everywhere yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go, God gives me a word tell me in the future that I'm going to go and then it happens and then that word becomes a prophetic vision becomes true. Mm. So we just got to keep seeking God and God will keep opening doors and he'll lead you in every aspect and that goes for everyone. I'm not, I'm not special. Yeah. We just got to give him a heart and he he does it. Now let's talk about some more stories. Well, well anyway, you want to t- do you have any other stories? So we were uh, we went to one school and then when it, right after we get done ministering to people then we'd have to get, pack up and go to the next school. We were doing three schools in one day. Yep, three days. Any any highlight things that, that happened from that trip that really stood out from you? Um, things that I noticed. I was mostly like trying to take care of a lot of things, but I did see a lot of a lot of things go down. Like the ki- I just see the reaction from the kids. They're all waiting in line to talk to you just to thank you. Like wow, like I didn't know like this was possible. Like this was real. Like all this stuff that they would find out. I. I didn't really get a chance to talk to too much of them. I was mainly focused on mo- moving on to the next school because that's kind of what I'm in charge of and doing that while we're out there. But a couple kids, you know, I just, just see them, just see their reaction to, you know, what happened and see them come up to you. And obviously from Jester's side, he was able to talk to them. And you just see them in the crowd, the the team that goes out and talks to them in Spanish, all the um, people from the church that helped out. and there, they... there was one story. Remember uh, one of the last schools we were at, we were speaking and we were speaking and there, I guess there was a, um, what, what are they called? They're called uh, uh, the girl, the people, the counselors that are in, in schools. Yeah. The, the, they're, um, they're, sci- uh, what are they called? They're uh, psychiatrists. No. no. Not, not, yeah. Like it's like a psycho, it's a therapist or like a, Psychologist. Psychologist. Yeah. There was a psychologist there. Okay. And we were, it was, an, it was in the inner city. So it was like in Cuernavaca. So these are like city kids, right? Okay. Um, so they're, they're hip to like, what's, what's, what's going on? Um, and I'm telling my story and I'm, I'm obviously the, I'm talking about God the whole time. I'm not talking about drugs and alcohol. I talk about how I got saved, but then I'm the whole rest of the, the whole story is basically 40 per, you know, 50, 
50 minutes of it or whatever is all about what God's done in my life. Mm-hmm. So he's freaking out. And he's like, t- I guess he was telling the, the principal, like trying to shut me down yeah. from speaking. And the principal was like, basically like saying no. And he was trying to run around to all the different teachers. And he was trying to shut it down the whole thing. And oh, and by the way, in that particular school, there was a, uh, st- some kid got murdered uh, down the street from the school like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then that same week that I showed up, there was a kid that committed suicide. Wow. So now you have this therapist that's trying to shut down this whole presentation the whole time I'm speaking. I have no idea what's going on. I'm speaking. But I found out after he was running around to wow. everyone, trying to shut it down. And then at the end, when I called everyone forward to receive Jesus, that's when he was like, that's it. It's done. This can't happen. And I guess the one of the pastor was sitting there, the principal came up to the principal and the principal looked at him and said, this is my school and I'm okay with it. Well, guess what? It turns out there's, there's video footage on my, I think it's on my story or it was on my story at one point. There's video footage of the principal praying and giving her life to the Lord at the school. Wow. That's amazing. And, and, yep. and the therapist is like trying to like get a hold, like talk to her and she's <laughs> praying the prayer. Dude, that's where, that's it the went. Spirit of God. So the then spirit. after, mm-hmm. after, the therapist ended up, I guess, inviting us all to lunch in the in the other room there for tacos or whatever. We had to go to the other school. And so I don't know. It just went down. But then there was this other school that I want to talk about. Um, I think I actually posted a picture of this school. Uh, it's one of the first photos I posted. It's a huge crowd. It's an indoor arena. And I get up there and I basically pray for all these students to give their life to the Lord. And I said, more live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop de doo Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I want you. Loud noises! Ed. Is there anyone here that didn't, because I said, we're going to pray that you're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit right now. And when you get filled, the effects of the Holy Spirit is peace. You're going to encounter peace. And at the, at the end, I go, who did not encounter peace? And there was three people that lifted their hands. But everyone else encountered peace. So I said, come up here. I'm going to pray for you. So we get up on stage. They, well, I was just going to tell them to come up to the front. I was going to lay my hands up. But they came up on stage. So I go, okay, guys, so what's going to – I go, basically, if you don't mean this in your heart, the Holy – God doesn't come in. Like he's, he doesn't like, – he's not going to come in if you don't want it. But if you want it, then you're going to receive it. And sometimes there's people talking and they're just up there, you know, and I go – it doesn't – I always tell them before I pray, I go, if you're talking right now when I'm telling you what's going to happen, if you don't mean it in your heart, you're not going to receive the Holy Spirit. That's just the way it works. You have to mean it. And it'll happen. It's a heart issue. So I go, okay, are you guys ready? I'm going to pray for you again. So I pray for all of them. And right when I pray for them, the kid in the middle, I, I right when I get them praying, I go, okay, did you guys receive it? And the kid in the middle starts like giggling and laughing. And he's like, like he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he was like looking at the other two, like, oh my gosh, like that's crazy. It happened. That's crazy. And I said, see, you received the Holy Spirit because you wanted it. And then the other kid, I go, did you receive it? And he goes, no. 
And then I looked at the other girl. I go, did you receive it? I go, no. Well, it turns out. So I start talking to the kid. And I go, well, why? I go, why, I go, why didn't you receive it? I go, you, I go you, don't want, you don't want Jesus in your life? You don't want the Holy Spirit? And he goes, he goes, I believe I'm a God. I'm God. I go, well, that's why you didn't receive it. Why would you even come up here? He didn't, he didn't even want wow. it. He believes he's a God. I go, okay, get out of here. You know, like, mm-hmm. you don't want it. That's why you didn't receive it. This other kid, he wanted it, so he received it. Then I asked the girl, I go, I go, why, why don't you want it? She goes, I don't, I don't believe in Jesus. I go, well, that's why you didn't receive it. Yeah. So basically what happened is I go, okay, let's talk. So I had to basically run through. I go, Jesus is in historical books. He split time in half. You have after the death of Christ and before the death of Christ, B.C., A.D. He's the son of God. He split time in half. He went to the cross. He died. On the, and I had to kind of like give the whole like, yeah. like background from like not only the fact that he's in the book, the Bible book, the book, or, but he's in like historical books yeah. from non-believers. So I had to go through the whole historical stuff with her. And then I go, now do you believe? And she goes, okay, yeah. I go, now believe by faith that Jesus is the son of God. He died on the cross and he raised from the third day. The tomb's empty, the whole thing. And I prayed for her. And, I, and I, she opened her eyes. I go, what happened when I prayed? She, she goes, I, I, feel, I, felt like, I felt like I got baptized. I felt I received the Holy Spirit. So her whole face, everything changed, right? So I go, okay, so now you got it. So the only one that didn't get it was the one that thinks he's a god. This other girl, I helped her with her unbelief, explained you know, a couple more things through her. So then right when I got done praying with her, she left. Then a teacher walks up and goes, she goes, I heard what you said. She says, I have problems with believing in God. Can you, can you explain more? So I walked this teacher through it, right? Mm-hmm. And I told him, God isn't religious. He wants a relationship. And I had to explain, explain, you know, the same thing, pretty much what I explained to that student, to the teacher. I prayed for her. Boom, she receives the Holy Spirit. She starts crying and she's like, I can't believe it. This whole thing's real. I'm like, that's it. It's real. So then I'm walking away and, and I see these other three students, these other girls sitting down and they're just hanging out. And I go, I go, did you guys come up and, and pray and receive Jesus Christ? And they go, no. I go, I go, why not? They go, because we, you know, we, we just, we don't, we don't believe. And the girl that the one student that I just led to the Lord was sitting there with them. And I said, Hey, tell them, basically testify her testimony. Tell them, tell them you didn't believe you because she was an atheist. I go, you were an atheist like two minutes or like five minutes ago. I go, tell them right now what just happened when I explained who Jesus was and when I prayed for you. She basically tells them their testimony. And I go, is it real? And she goes, 100%. Mm-hmm. And they look at me. I go, do you want you want to receive the Holy Spirit? And they go, yes. So I pray with all, with all them right there. And I lead them all to the Lord instantly because the student ended up testifying of what happened to them when she was an atheist 10 minutes ago. That's amazing. Dude, it was going down. That, so, what you said, the first thing that came to <laughs> my mind is in the, in the Bible, the, that Samaritan woman, we brought it up before. That's exactly what happens. She's kind of questioning. God gets a hold of her heart. Tell, tell, that, tell that story. for the because yeah. There's people that listen to this show that they're you know brand new Christians and maybe they're not even Christians. Now, what I love about this show mm-hmm. is I'm telling you what happened right now in 2019 
couple weeks ago. Now let's take it back to the Bible to show how relevant the Bible is from 2,000 years ago. So Jesus, the way he did ministry, Ryan's talked about this a lot. Like, yes, he went into the synagogues and he preached or he taught. But he also was out on the streets. He went to the Matthew, the tax collector's house. He went to um, multiple people's homes. He called fishermen. And fishermen at the time were just common people. They had filthy mouths. They, they were rough around the edges kind of guys. Construction guys. workers. Yeah, construction workers kind of guys. The Samaritan woman, that's why it brings me up to this aspect. The, the Samaritan woman was by, Jesus was by this well. The woman would go out to draw water. That was their duty. And as she went to um, go to the well, Jesus is there sitting. Now, this is something so important. That's why it points out that she was a Samaritan woman. The Samaritans and the Jewish people did not get along. It was like taboo to talk to each other. Not only that, for a man to talk to a woman would be not good either. And Jesus, if he's being this religious leader, as they would label him, or you know, a prophet or whatever people were perceiving him to be, um, then he shouldn't be talking to this woman. He does. And he starts this conversation with this woman. The woman even kind of mocked him a little bit. Like, well, you want water. You know, you're going to give me this living water, but you don't even have a bucket to dwell. The, the, the well is really deep. How are you going to get this living water? She's kind of mocking him a little bit, kind of questioning him. And then Jesus uses that as a platform to communicate to her that her need that she's looking for isn't being fulfilled in the flesh that she's doing. She was involved in a in relationship. She had had five different husbands. The husband, the, the man she was living with at the time was not even her husband. She was even religious because she talked about worshiping. She knew all the she, religious traditions. That, that, that's true. Um, and she was questioning, well, our people say that we shall worship here. The Messiah shall come here. What do you say? And Jesus would be, go on to say, well, we know salvation is of the Jews. And she would go on. He would go on a little bit further. But basically got to the point where it's like, do you want this? Do you want this peace? Do you want your life changed? Then this is what you need to do. Literally acknowledge you need God. Mm-hmm. Acknowledge the way that you're doing it isn't working for you. And that woman was broken that day. Broken so much that the whole, she said, I perceive that you are a prophet. I, prefer, I perceive that you are somebody very special. And Jesus shared with her, she, she came to the Lord, but what the Bible says there, and it's found in the Gospel of John chapter 4, it says that after this woman's eyes were opened, she went out into the city, and she said this, come and hear from the one that told me everything about my life. And so when you bring up that story, Ryan, about that girl kind of like testifying of what God did in her life, it reminds me of that story because that's what that woman does. She turns into an evangelist. She has this encounter with God. Then she goes out to the culture, the people that would know her. They knew who she was. And they probably knew her lifestyle. I'm sure if she knew them, right? They knew she'd been in all these relationships. They knew what kind of lifestyle she lived. And now she is preaching to them and, take, and telling them to turn to Jesus that he is the way, the truth, and the life. It's like the demoniac. He gets he gets saved, and the next thing you know, he turns into a little evangelist running to all the ten towns. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. You know what I mean? I love that story. That's a great one. So he got set free of some crazy stuff. Yeah, it's so uh, – it's and that's exactly what's so amazing about how the Holy Spirit works is it was – it was, it was just divine appointments, and those ones that didn't get saved, they all got saved after. And the only one that didn't get saved is the one that thought he was a god. 
So he didn't want it. So that being said, um, the doors of Mexico are open. The doors are. It's we're in the middle of a revival, a Mexican revival. It's uh, there's more states, more schools. Now let me ask it. We're just we're just honestly we're just God has to provide provision, you know, because Mm -hmm. it does cost money to go there um, to do it, and it's we just need people to. As God lays it on people's hearts to uh, to people that have a heart for Mexico to help, you know, give to that particular uh, place because we we want to keep going, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's. I mean, I, I don't charge a speaker anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's I, we just got to pay for flights and hotels and and products. We give away products, and we have to buy Bibles too. Mm-hmm. So you know, Bibles I don't know, a couple bucks each or something. What sparked the vision over there? Like, let the people know because they're probably not sure. Like, you know, you guys get invited to go down. Who catches the vision on that end of Mexico to bring it up and to set got, up all these schools? We obviously, you know, God, Jesus gave us the Great Commission go make disciples of the nations. So we're down to go wherever and give the gospel. So we just wait for God to open doors. I was at a pastor's conference, the Calvary Chapel Pastor's Conference here at Diamond Bar, and this guy comes up. Uh, Jester, this Mexican dude from uh, Cuernavaca, Mexico, and he's like, "Hey, man, he's like, we want we want you to come to Mexico." <laughs> and I'm like, "So many people always, hey, we want you to come here. Why don't you come here? You know." But there's never any follow through. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, cool, bro. Let's let's go." He was a skater too, so I had to give him a skateboard. He, he took off. Next thing you know, they just uh, his church, which worked with Mike McIntosh a lot. Mike McIntosh has done tons of ministry in Mexico. Yeah, I've heard that. Thousands and thousands of people, stadium events, got favor from the government, the whole thing. He's still he's still there. But what's interesting is these are the people that Mike McIntosh has been working with for years. This Pastor Jaime in, in Cuernavaca now. So anyway, they called us to come down to do an event, a couple schools or whatever. We did, and it was like revival broke out. Thousands of people getting saved. They've never mm-hmm. seen anything like it. So they were like, dude, more doors are opened. So we just kept going. And now more doors keep open. Basically, it's just like doors just keep opening. So we just keep going back. That's sick. I mean, personally, the way it's going down there, I'm planning at least three trips a year to Mexico to hit schools. Dude, in eight days, 18 schools? In in America, we can only hit one school a day because it's lunch. These are mandatory assemblies. These are thousands of kids. Talking about how and you get to eat bomb food every day. Yeah, like <laughs> the way it started with Jester, he was actually going around to these high schools to like the, the trip was coming up and he was getting closer and closer and he didn't have any schools and we're like trying to contact him and like oh yeah he's like yeah yeah we'll, we'll, I'll get I'll get back to you on that but there was no schools to go to and we had a tour planned for a week and a half or however long it was and so he was going around knocking on doors talking to principals and like no we don't we can't have that here like no every door was closed. Every single door that he had tried to go to, all these different high schools, every principal said no. So that's when his church, they all had gotten together with yeah. Jaime. They all got together. Fasted, prayed. Fasted and prayed for like a week or two, however long they did. Yeah. And that's when the door started to open. They, they did it at one. It was actually like a Catholic school. They, they let them in and they let them, they let them do a presentation of how it was going to go. And after that, that's when other schools started to hear about it. And that's when they got together in a meeting and they were actually fighting over like, hey, we want this at our school. No, we want this at our school. And like, no, we want it. And then he's like, hold on, chill. Like, chill. like all we can the, have all, it All the all principals yeah. and schools that shut the Kildenoise tour from coming in their school, they all shut him down because he went to him directly. Then once the government got involved and they're like, we're doing it, then next year everyone fight, fought over the tour. Wow. 
that that basically that's the way it is even now. Like we every time we go, we can't even. I mean, we, we have access to the whole state of Morales, mm. so we can only do a certain amount of school. We're, we're doing three a day. That's a max. We were even mm. doing schools on Saturday. Yeah, we did Saturday because there's some schools on Saturday. So they do morning class and afternoon class too. Got it. So we were completely like, I mean. Yeah, stretched. It's, unli- it's mm-hmm. unlimited. We don't, we just, we can only do a certain amount of schools. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I could have stayed and did like another like three days, another yeah, nine schools. Another week or something. We were like in the, we were, once you're there, God just gives you the power, you know, to just keep going. Yeah. I was, we weren't burnt out at all. Mm-hmm. I was surprised your voice kept up like the whole time pretty much. You guys had tea. Just to drink water. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> drink water. Just Stay hydrated. Wet. Daniel, were you being able to be a part of all, all these events? Like, what's God showing you? What what impact has being a part of this uh, the Killer Noise Tour done in your life? Well, for me, it's it's like honestly, just God has shown me what what's possible through even just like a few people, like even the story of Gideon and how he shaved down his army from thirty thousand people to like three hundred, mm-hmm. and how they were still able to overcome. The, the enemy's camp and how it was only a few people and our team is small, but we get it done. And God showed me that like, it doesn't take, you know, a ton of people to get something. He can do it with one person, you know? And so for me, it's very encouraging to see how God is able to open these doors and the way that we're able to get into these public high schools. It's like, you know, God can use you in any form. No one else is going into public high schools and, you know, doing these kind of events until he called Ryan. So for me, it's like, what maybe I called to do, you know, and what, what form, what can I share with kids? Like, Hey, you're called to something unique with my friends, with kids in high school, with the kids that are there that I get to talk to after the events mm-hmm. here in America. Like I get to talk to them, not so much of a language barrier. I get to encourage them and ask them, you know, what happened when you came down or just like kind of hear their heart. And I get to share with them that God has a specific, unique plan with them, you know, and that he, like, Hey, like I got, I was just thrown into this. Like God called me to do this mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to be obedient, trying to stay, you know, focused on this. It's hard, you know, it's hard in my own personal walk mm-hmm. as well, but just to stay focused on this calling and be faithful to him because he, he can call you into anywhere. Like he calls people to go, you know, to other countries and whatever. And so for me to be able to go on this tour and see all these kids get saved, like I get to, you know, like the people in the Bible that testified, like, Tell people like, hey, like his saving power is real. Yeah. And people get to see that, you know, in my life, hopefully. You know, I'm just trying to live it and help That's them right. let them see that he can choose anyone. It doesn't have to be some someone that, you know, was raised in church or whatever. It's yeah. like anyone. And you're anyone. you're you're like an average guy, just like us. There's nothing like you're when I say average, you're you you just showed up to the church. You mm-hmm. you didn't have any uh like you you weren't trained for this you were god just no i learned along the way yeah because you know i want to this is for the listeners you know because there's people listening going well how did he get in it who you know did did he go to college did he go to bible school what did he do did he read the bible backwards and forwards this guy's like going out living in the middle of a revival all around the world you're a 20 year old young guy just a guy you got no training you graduated school and you basically showed up to our church and you started serving where? Like you were in maintenance. You were maintenance. You were cleaning toilets. You're like, hey, I want to help out. You started cleaning toilets. And then that led you to like being, were you involved with the high school ministry at all? 
Yeah, so I was helping high school ministry, just helping in that, like even just, doing like whatever, just like being an example to kids. Just, and just encouraging hanging, them. you were just yeah. hanging out, being available, and then you connected with us because there was an opening for us to do what? I was just helping, like tear down or tear set down, up, set up, make some boxes, ship some stuff, and then next thing you know, you're literally from there. That literally led to you like traveling the world. Yeah, and now you're in the middle of a revival in a matter of like months. It was crazy, and that's it. And I know Daniel. I hang out with him all the time. He's like me and Sean, just normal dudes, uh, just just doing it. No, no, there wasn't any special training. He just God called him, and he's here. And God can do that with anybody. You know, I like what he brought up in the beginning that illustration he gave of Gideon because I think sometimes people have this this perception like, well, they got this whole huge team and they can. They have all this stuff behind yeah. them to make it happen. That's not the case. No. When <laughs> we go to schools, the Whosoever's Movement is built of like four or five people. That's a couple part-time people and a couple full-time people. And we have a we have a designer. We have another girl that works part-time with us that helps with like the you know the back-end stuff. And then we have a director of operations. And then I travel and you travel. And then we have another guy that books the tours. But the only guys that are outgoing is... Daniel and I. It's two people. It's two people. <laughs> when we go to the high schools, we have a guy, you know, set up. We have a couple guys set up, and then I speak. It's small team, and we're seeing thousands of. The, I think. I mean, we've even seen like forty-five or forty-nine thousand people give their life to the Lord. It's on our website in the last three years. Mm-hmm. That's just in the last three years. Small team, Gideon. Yeah. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. The, it, the kingdom of God is not just words, but of power. You have to depend on the power of mm-hmm. God showing up. John the Baptist, he was a dude in the desert. Simple guy. He ate locusts and honey. He had camel hair outfits. He lived in the desert. He was a simple, simple guy. Mm-hmm. And God used that guy powerfully for revival. It really just takes one. I have another question for Daniel. Then you've you've heard us talk, you know, you watch Ryan's ministry, you've heard us talk on the show over, over time. You you hear us talking about all the, the issues that are facing this generation, you know. You're a younger guy, you're your twenties. What do you have to say about what this generation that you're seeing face? Like your your age bracket, maybe even mm-hmm. a little younger. What do you see a lot of things facing as well? A lot of things well, even from when I was in high school and what it was you know, the scenario that I even was involved with and all that stuff. The partying, the drugs, the sex, the whole, the whole, like, just getting as wild as you can. And the more wild people were more, like, popular, the more, more looked up to, in a sense, of, like, that whole culture. And I just see it, like, getting even more, it just gets more wild. There's no, there's no, like, there's no limit, you know, you, you, you and then people just become, like, s- social influencers or whatever that is. And right. people just see that's them huge. and they're like, oh, that's what, that's what success is. That's what it's like. And then all these younger kids like my age or whatever, people that even people that just come out of high school, then they're like, okay, now what? Do I go to college? Do I do this? Do I do that? Or do I just, you know, try to pursue this life of partying and try to get somewhere in that area or just try to do as many drugs as I can to try and, you know, fill some some void. And that's all I see in like even people on my social media and just all around social media in general. Just when you go out, you just hear the, the language, what people talk about. And it's just all the same thing. Everyone's just trying to get somewhere that's like unreachable. Like there's no end to it. People just try to dive as deep as possible into like 
you know, the whole culture and the whole partying scene, the whole drug scene. But there's really no, like, it's, like, empty. When you hear people talk about that stuff, they're, like, empty conversations. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that, you know, there's no weight to them. What would you say to the people that are listening now, your age and younger, Mm -hmm. that are into all that stuff? What would you tell them? There was, well, there was a time, obviously, when I was, when I was in that, and there was always, you're always just trying to get, like I said, to some place that's like, for what? You just go to another party. You do more drugs. You do more of this. But it never ends. And I actually, I hit rock bottom to where I was like, dude, this is like, this is not fulfilling at all. And I just like pray that other people would, you know, realize that, that, hey, you know, all this stuff that people like flaunt and want you to like get involved with or go to all these parties, and all this like fame and all this stuff like that is not fulfilling because once you get all of it you get all the girls you do all the drugs it's like you just have to do it again but you know there's no satisfaction to it and that's where i realized yeah and you guys i'm sure have realized that as well but even for my age like the people who are in it like you could stop while you're young and that'll preserve a whole lot of time and that's a lot of things that me and my buddies talk about like that time that we wasted in high school you know or even right out of high school it's time that we can't get back. And so for the people who are, you know, caught up in that, you guys, like, it's not, you're just going to keep wasting time. Time that can be used for, like, you know, for the kingdom of God or just even for your own life to, you know, not get caught up in all this stuff and, and that's what I, that's lose my, it. That's my next question. So since you've given your life to God, do you feel like you've missed out on anything? Or what have, what, what, what's been, um, what have you seen in your new life with 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 Christ, is it exciting? Is it boring? What what's going on? What's the difference? Oh yeah, when 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 I stopped, why should someone follow God? Sell why it. should someone follow God? <laughs> well, when I stopped, I would still see the people, you know, partying and stuff, and I would like, well, it's not that doesn't get me excited anymore to go on to have dr- to want to go on to like sleep with girls and, and just party a bunch and do a bunch of drugs and stuff, and I was like that that doesn't you know that doesn't get me anymore. So after I started going to church, there was a process where I was just learning, just trying to learn as much as I, as I could, just absorb as much like information, just experience. Thanks for being on the show. Sweet. I do want to plug the event this weekend. No, not this weekend. It's June 18th. We are doing an outreach. It's at the Music Box in San Diego. You can get more details on our social media. It's an EDM event for high school students. Um, it's a full-on outreach. This is out-of-the-box stuff. This is the real deal, reaching the culture. The Whosoever's Presents Crave in San Diego, June 18th at 8 p.m. It's at a concert venue. Come one, come all. Um, yeah, just go to our social media to get all the details for this. It's going to be dope. We just did one um, in uh, Nashville last week or a couple weeks ago. 80% of the people gave their life to the Lord. We're taking it across the United States and around the world. It's our new tour of outreach. Um, yeah. And obviously, you can go to the Whosoever's online. We have products that support the movements. We have a free app you could download. We have all the past radio shows there. Um, three years of shows. Get discipled. And it's going to be epic. Thank you guys for being on the show. It was amazing. Amazing.
This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tara. We're hosts of the Kainos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. To learn more and subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.